0: Kate! Kate! Like, come on, Hillary. Be a zombie.
1: She's being a diva, and she's got that blue from head to toe.
0: I want to go to the digital theme.
1: Miranda was literally me.
0: But he loved a good lawn gnome. Hey, Team Duff, it's Wit. Thanks so much for listening to Duff Enough, the ultimate Hillary Duff fan podcast. This show is a celebration of the life and career of actress, singer, mother, and all-around icon Hillary Duff. And joining me now is my friend, Cecilia Maciel. Hey, Cece.
1: Hello, It's so great to talk to you.
0: It's good to talk to you, too. And I'm so excited to have you on. So before we jump into the three questions that I ask everyone to kind of measure their Hillary fandom, tell me about Lizzie McGuire, the impact it had on your, your childhood, because it's a really special story.
1: I came to the U.S. from Mexico in like 2002. So I was seven. So, perfect age for Disney Channel. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I came with my family, and we, at first, because we were new to the country, we lived with my cousins, and they watched a lot of Lizzie McGuire, um, and I had never watched Disney Channel, because that's just not a thing that I watched in Mexico, and I kind of became obsessed with Lizzie, and what I was seeing on TV was very new for me, and I don't know if that's what I thought. I don't know what life in the U.S. or or school in the U.S. would be, but, like, she was blonde and wore all these outfits, and it was just things that I'm not used to. So I really – I loved Lizzie, and I watched it so much that I really feel like she helped me learn English (laughs) because I watched it so much. I watched so many of the episodes with my little sisters, and even my middle sister and my little sister who was, like, one and – The other one was four at the time. We were all obsessed, and we grew up with her, and we had the posters. And, yeah, I think it was just one of the first, like, American TV channels or TV shows that I watched, and it kind of just stuck from there. It's very much my first childhood memory in the U.S.,
0: And that's awesome. And I remember, I don't remember when that came up, like when I met you in college, but I just remember at some point it did and you were like, yeah, I learned English from that show. And I was just like, that's amazing because you do hear about a lot of Spanish speaking actors who... They say that they learn English from watching like an American sitcom. So that's really fascinating to me. And we got to give a shout out to one of your sisters in particular, right? Who loves Lizzie
1: McGuire. Yes. Yeah, They'll say whenever we used to watch it, she was really little. So I don't know how she remembers. Uh, but actually, she just graduated. And her cap was like the Lizzie, I guess. What do you, what do you call an now? Bitmoji? <laughs> yeah. And it said something like, we'll figure it out on the way. So yeah, she's a big fan.
0: <laughs> yes, I loved her her graduation cap uh, decoration there. So awesome, awesome. And coming up, we're actually going to be talking about the Halloween episode, Night of the Day of the Dead, which I can't wait to kind of get your insight on as someone who is familiar with the holiday that's celebrated in that show. Um, so looking forward to that. Let's start with those questions, though. So Cece, what is your favorite Hillary Duff movie?
1: My favorite Hillary Duff movie is actually Raise Your Voice. Yes. And I swear me and my middle sister would rent this movie <laughs> like every Friday because that was the day that we were able to rent movies. And um, yeah, we watched it all the time and we cried all the time and we just thought it was the best movie ever.
0: Absolutely. Okay. And then what is your favorite HD song?
1: I mean, the whole Metamorphosis song, not song, album, it's just kind of my thing. I, that was like one of the first, um, again, I was obsessed when I was little. So that was one of the first CDs I bought here. I remember buying it at Walmart and <laughs> just like wanting my hair to look like hers in the cover. And I don't know. I, I like all of them. But, um, but at the end of that one, she had like some like really heartfelt, very mature, slow song for her age at the end something about finding your inner strength
0: yeah so on metamorphosis uh the i think of it is more of like an interlude or something at the end of the album but it's called inner strength yeah
1: yeah and i just thought that was really cute to end it but i i think it's just uh i mean so yesterday is kind of iconic but that song at the end too i don't know why it's always stuck in my memory but really just the whole album
0: i like that i like that and then do you have a favorite episode of lizzie mcguire
1: The one, I think it's like the rice and fall. I had to look it up so I remember the rice and fall of Kate. She's showing Lizzie shows is like nice to Kate because Kate broke her arm and so she shows her how to like do a one hand cartwheel. Yes. I when I was little I was like super into cartwheels and gymnastics. I just loved flipping around. So anyways, that inspired me to try a one-handed cartwheel and I can still do it.
0: (laughs) That's a good pick. I like that episode. Throw on some low-rise jeans and toss in that butterfly hair clip. It's time for Let's Talk Lizzie. Well, the five episodes that we are diving into today, they are episodes 21 through 25 from the first season of the show. And a few of these were more memorable to me than the others. Obviously, the Halloween episode is super iconic, and we'll get to that. The first here, episode 21, is called Lizzie Strikes Out. And it's the the premise is that Lizzie and her friends have gotten invited to go bowling with Ethan Kraft. I mean, huge deal, right?
1: Yes, totally. And I mean, seeing it through like middle school eyes and adult eyes, still iconic. (laughs)
0: And it's so funny, though, to think about, you know, these things that we thought of in middle school as being the biggest deal in the world, and they really weren't. But for for Lizzie, this was huge that Ethan invited them to go go bowling. And I love that her animated Lizzie, towards the beginning of the episode, is like, oh, we're going to get married! You know, just from Ethan inviting her to go bowling, she thinks they're going to get married. So that was great. That's
1: a total middle school. I mean, that is totally... Like a middle school way of thinking, they did really well at setting that up um obviously, like when I was watching all these different episodes, I mean, I'm an adult now, so um yeah, like I see it in a different way, there's a lot of really good lessons in there, but it's just a lot of like especially with this episode psychological things that I picked up that I thought were really
0: cute. Yeah, and I know you're a psychology student, so I'm not surprised that you picked up on that. But you're so right. There is a great lesson in most of these episodes. And in this one, the conflict, I guess, because it is a sitcom, so there's a situation that they're trying to get out of. And the situation here is that Lizzie's dad... He's getting sad that Lizzie is growing up and he wants to spend some more time with her. And so he actually asks her to go on like a daddy-daughter date night and he wants to take her out for dinner. And she plans that as the same night as the bowling with Ethan. And then she has to tell her dad, wait, no, can we reschedule? I wanna go bowling with my friends. And her dad gets really bummed out about it, and then she starts to feel bad. Um, and so, so yeah, what do you think about like the storyline there?
1: It like showed a parent relationship, and it's like very true. You're at that stage, kind of choosing between you know hanging out with friends and hanging out with family. And I mean, I remember being that age and wanting to. I feel like my middle school years were a blur with my family because I wanted to be with my friends all the time. Yeah. And then I also like the part with Miranda's. Um, Like doing this little experiment with Gordo, what I would call, I think it's called like unconditional positive regard or like kind of training him if you do this or think positive thoughts then I will give you a treat.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. And I was going to mention that next because Gordo and Miranda do have their own little storyline here. And it's about how Gordo has a fear of bowling because at one point he had to have a bowling ball surgically removed from his hand. And so Miranda is like trying to, you know, to get that fear out of him. And she is giving him little like, Cookies. She makes him say, Bowling is fun. Bowling is good. Bowling will not make my fingers swell. And then she gives him a little snack. Um, and it's super cute. And I remembered that. The episode as a whole, I didn't remember so much, but that was something that I remembered. So, yeah, so Lizzie realized that she has double booked and then she has to, you know, reschedule with her dad. And she starts to feel bad about it as the episode goes on she and her mom have this weird conversation. And her mom says something along the lines of, you know, your friends are who you want to spend time with. Your family are the people you have to spend time with. And I was like, ooh, that hurts. And Lizzie you know, decided that's not really how she felt. So to sort of resolve the conflict, she actually ends up taking her dad with her to the bowling alley and he bowls with them and he has dinner with them. So I thought it was a nice little, you know, resolution there at the end. And he wasn't too embarrassing because her parents are known for just being the most embarrassing. But he, he, he kept it pretty tame at the bowling alley.
1: Yeah, I thought it was like a good ending um, and a good lesson.
0: Matt, of course, always gets his own story. Matt is getting bullied, and he and Lanny are trying to come up with some pranks to get back at their bully, and they tested on Lizzie. They, like, trap her in some gum and then saran wrap, and, and then in the end, I think they uh, get back at their bully, but I don't know. Not my favorite Matt storyline, for sure.
1: I mean, there were times where they focus more on him, but you could tell in this episode, like, the whole, like, parent relationship thing was very much the forefront.
0: Right. Yeah. Which was nice. And at bowling, um, Lizzie got a strike and also her dad got a strike and uh, Gordo got a gutter ball, but he and Miranda still celebrated, even though Ethan Kraft was kind of like, no, you were terrible. Uh, And they were just like, no, no, he overcame his fear, which I thought was so funny.
1: It's really cute. And it really showed their friendship.
0: Mm -hmm. And let's see, hairstyles and whatnot in this episode, Miranda and the pom poms in her hair, though.
1: Miranda is kind of this person that I wish I would have focused more when I was little because I was so focused on Lizzie because she was so different from what I was used to seeing. But Miranda was literally me. <laughs> and her outfits and style are actually what I remember the most, sometimes even more than what Lizzie wears. So whatever she wears is really cute and somehow pulls it off.
0: In super early 2000s. Yes, extremely. She has the pom-poms and Lizzie does the headbands like nobody else. So... Next is the Untitled Stan Jansen Project, and I remembered this episode, it's about a documentary being filmed at Lizzie's school, and Gordo becomes the focus of the documentary, and the director's name is Stan Jansen. I thought maybe this had to do with the actual producer of Lizzie McGuire, but his name is actually Stan Rogow, And so I don't know why I just thought, oh, the untitled Stan Jansen project, that being the name of the episode, that has to do with someone who works creatively behind the scenes of the show. But in reality, that was just the name of the character from the documentary or whatever, the director of the documentary in the show. What do you think about this episode?
1: Um, I actually, as always, thought it had a good lesson, but I really liked how it focused on Gordo Mm -hmm. and how he's usually, he's kind of like a stick it to the man kind of guy like does his own thing and it's like whatever I don't care but like they really pushed him to the edge and I thought it was really nice that they showed kind of what one little I don't know like the impression that adults give and what an adult tells you that you look up to like how that really affects you and obviously that was happening to him because he was listening to what the director was saying and it was changing him to something that he wasn't Um, to the point where he was hurting his friends. But I think it just showed kind of how, at that age, I mean, if you look up to someone, you're going to do what they tell you because you want to do what they want you to do.
0: Right. And he, you know, Gordo is a filmmaker, or he's aspiring to be one, so you're totally right on that. And I also feel like this episode, I mean, watching it now, in the future, it's like could potentially be some commentary of like social media and that sort of thing because there's this whole part where Lizzie's having like a heart to heart with her mom and her mom is saying, like the camera will change a person. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. Like, how did they know that one day we might be watching this back in an era where we, you know, want to put filters over everything in our lives on social media? And then it's just like, whoa. Um, obviously the storyline's a little bit different and the director is trying to pull out conflict from Gordo to make his documentary more interesting and that leads Gordo to like saying mean things to people at the school. Um, I didn't mind his little mean moment with Kate but I felt bad for Larry Touchman.
1: Yes, I felt really bad for him. I think he took it over the edge with that one. Kate, I don't know, hate love relationship with her but it's like she put he put her in her place but It was, like, bullying at that point. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Then there's the moment where he stirs up conflict with Lizzie and Miranda on camera. And I had forgotten about this, but basically it comes out, like, secrets start coming out, and Miranda says that in fourth grade, Lizzie had a crush on Gordo. And I was like, wait a second. Because, of course, you know, in my mind, it was always, like, Gordo had the crush on Lizzie, and, you know, it wasn't a mutual thing so much. But I had forgotten that Lizzie apparently at some point had a crush on Gordo too.
1: Yeah. Obviously there's like a little history there and that's like something unexpected that came out and yeah, I kind of just gave a little more to the storyline, but it also really showed like, I mean like her mom said having a camera in front of them, it made them do things that they wouldn't usually normally do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yep. So there's a little bit of a fight between our three amigos there and things end up working out though because Lizzie and Miranda apologize to each other and they confront Gordo and then Gordo eventually kind of comes to his senses. The Digital Bean is featured in a few of these episodes, including this one, and that is, like, their central perk. I mean, I want to go to the Digital Bean. (laughs) Now, meanwhile, while all this is happening, we have a storyline with Matt, and I like this Matt storyline. So, Melina, iconic Matt friend... She is getting him in trouble and I love the moment when she's over his house and she like tricks him into leaving and she paints a mustache on Sam, Matt's dad's lawn gnome that he's just painted because I don't know what was up with Sam always loving the lawn gnomes but he loved a good lawn gnome.
1: That part was like so confusing to me because Matt loved the fact that she was beating him but at the same time she was being really mean.
0: I mean, it's almost like a fetish or something. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, Matt. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it was a little on the weird side. Like, he loved to hate it. I don't know. But um, she was like the the typical child that would get on my nerves.
0: <laughs> well, obviously, they have a crush on each other. But that's kind of how they're like showing their love and affection. Um, there is getting each other in trouble the storylines kind of collide at the end because Matt and Melina wind up at the digital bean whenever Gordo is, like, confronting the director and saying, hey, like, this is not how things really are. The director is telling me to act this way. I'm not this person that you're seeing on camera. And, you know, long story short, Melina ends up uh, framing Matt to put ketchup all over the director's camera. And then there's this whole, like, fight sequence i guess and matt ends up squirting ketchup all over stan jansen the director and yeah the documentary gets canceled and all that and so all's well it ends well but yeah cute little episode
1: for some reason with this episode i really remembered all the sound effects that they use right i don't know all the sound effects and like when matt is about to catch the ketchup bottle and they're playing that little the little music or something.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's
1: very, like, old school
0: Disney. That's a huge thing, like, throughout the whole series are the sound effects and the little cutaways that they do, like, when they're referring to something, which will, I know there's, like, a specific one I will want to talk about in one of these episodes coming up, but they'll, like, cut away to another little shot of, of, like, a, a dramatization of what they've been talking about, which is fun. I do wanna mention, at the very end of this episode, Gordo does ask Lizzie if she really had a crush on him, and she's like, I was young, I didn't know any better, and I'm just, that was funny.
1: Lots of attitude.
0: Yeah. Moving on to last year's model, I remembered this episode, but mostly for like the outfits more so than the storyline that went on. I mean, I remembered Lizzie acting like a diva at some point. I just don't remember how we got to that uh, point in the episode. In this episode, Lizzie is going to be a model for this teen magazine. I think it was called Teen Attitude or something.
1: Yes, and I totally remember this episode, 100%.
0: Ooh, okay, awesome. And so she's doing it to, like, win money and get merchandise. Like, she's not having this huge um, passion to model all of a sudden. She was in it for that. And so she does model. Any commentary on, like, the outfits that we see?
1: The outfit that sticks out the most is when she's being a diva, and she's got that feather boa, and she's, like, blue from head to toe. And she's looking like a (laughs) 40-year-old with bangs from like the 80s. I mean, it it, that kind of thing is what's ingrained in your memory for sure.
0: Iconic. And the blue eyeshadow that they put on her, I mean, oh my goodness. Up
1: to her eyebrows. (laughs) Right.
0: At the first little modeling session... I did recognize, you know, very early two thousands always the girls who were who were modeling. And Kate is actually in the audience and said that she wasn't a model because she had to go to a stupid funeral the day of the tryouts. And I'm like, Oh, of course, of course.
1: That middle school mentality.
0: Mm-hmm. So after her first show, Lizzie gets asked to do another show, and she gets invited to a country club with like this with the popular kids. She got invited by this one girl in particular, and I was like, "Who is this girl? Like, I don't recognize her." Apparently, her character's name is Jessica, um, but she tells them she tells Lizzie that they're gonna watch the new Backstreet Boys concert DVD that isn't out yet, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, throwback!"
1: Yes, that was. I mean, her saying that, you know, when this takes. Uh, if it wasn't for the fashion, just hearing that phrase, you know, when this takes place. I also don't remember Jessica. It was Jessica, right?
0: Yeah. Once Lizzie starts to gain popularity as this model, she starts getting treated differently. And like Kate is super nice to her and acts really excited to see her. I loved this moment where Kate is like complimenting, complimenting her. And she said, your eyes match your... Uh, earrings or something and Lizzie's like my eyes match my earrings the animated Lizzie and you see like animated Lizzie has on earrings that are literally her eyes and I thought that was funny and so yes she starts getting treated different by her friends by Ethan Kraft like Ethan is too nervous to talk to her Miranda and Gordo are like waiting on her hand and foot and it just it's not working for her even at the little party she starts to feel uncomfortable like in the hot tub and all that and so she's not really loving the treatment
1: Kate was definitely not her typical self in this one. Um, and I, I think it also showed what kind of person Lizzie was. And she really did care about her friends. And it showed a lot more maturity.
0: I wrote down a line here where Lizzie's like, people who never liked me before want to be my friend. And Miranda's response was, who cares? We're popular. And she's like, we're popular? And so then we have a scene with Mr. Digg who kind of has the heart-to-heart for this episode from an adult. And again, we were talking about how strange he is, but he kind of encouraged her to use reverse psychology um, because he tells Lizzie that, like, you know, because Gordo and Miranda have started feeling less like her friends and more like her posse, treat them like that. And so they'll kind of come out of it and be like, wait a minute, we don't like being treated this way. Strange that Mr. Digg, is the one who gives her the advice that ends up fixing everything.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was really good advice, and it kind of turned things around. And whenever she was doing it, acting all diva, I thought for some reason that it was going to keep going, but it was clearly enough for Miranda and Gordo to be like, never mind, I don't want that. And I love how this episode ends.
0: Here's how it goes. Miranda and Gordo come over to Lizzie's house, and she has on that blue outfit, the boa, everything, like we were talking about. And Lizzie's like you know, Miranda, get me my M&Ms. And, oh, you didn't pick out the green ones. And then Gordo had done her book report, and she blows her nose in it. And so they're just, you know, very confused as to what's going on. And she even tells them at one point, she's like, bark, bark if you want to go to these events with me. And they're like, woof. So anyway, and then she like walks off and she comes back and then explains what's going on. And, you know, of course, they all decide to be friends again. First, she has to also get out of her modeling contract, which is where we get into that other outfit.
1: I mean, it's funny on the verge of like offensive, (laughs) stereotypical offensive, but I mean, she really went for it. And I think it also shows her maturity and her self-confidence, like a typical teenager would be horrified to do that in front of people. I think Lizzie had the maturity and self-confidence to be like I don't care I'm going to do what I need to do to save my friendships. Um very I mean that's something that I clearly remember Little scandalous.
0: <laughs> well, she basically like causes herself to get fired, and she's got on this like ugly white little suit and these long socks, and she's acting like you know hillbilly and like a tooth blacked out, and she has like a chicken leg, and she and Miranda like wrestle, and and then the the modeling woman comes over and she's like, you're fired. And fun fact: so when Hillary was doing press when she was doing like her music comeback, she was on a talk show in Canada, and the actress who played Played that modeling woman who was like the MC co host on this talk show in Canada, and she was like, "Well, I played the woman who fired you at the modeling agency." Um, and so when I saw this episode, now I was like, "Oh, there's the woman." They had a little reunion on a talk show at one point, uh, but anyway, she gets fired and she gets out of her contract. And you're right, she goes back to being friends. Okay, Matt's storyline in this episode he had gotten a gift card from Gammy McGuire, shout out to her. And he, uh, he was going to buy something. He and Lanny put their money together and they get a hammock for the backyard. But uh, the hammock breaks and they take it back to the store and they want to get a refund. Not a very nice customer service situation at the store, but they like tie up the, the worker to a treadmill and He's, like, running super fast. I don't know. I, I, I didn't really love the Matt storyline.
1: Um, No, but at the same time, I just love Lenny, even if he doesn't speak. The fact that Matt is friends with him and, like, they get into all kinds of things and they just get each other is a really cute friendship.
0: Yeah, no, I do love Lenny. Okay. So the Halloween episode is next, Night of the Day of the Dead, and this is truly one of the most popular, most iconic, most memorable episodes, hands down. I mean, it's so good.
1: I mean, they really went with it in terms of, like, costume and, like, special effects and stuff, Um, but yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes.
0: So the premise is a little bit about Dia de los Muertos is filtered in there. So, like, what did they get right and what did they get wrong about that holiday?
1: So this holiday is—it's um, definitely not Halloween. Basically, Day of the Dead is a day which is um, to pay tribute to those who have passed away in your family, your friends, even to kind of your history and your ancestors. And so, one thing we would do for Day of the Dead at school, we would have a competition of uh, who had the best skeleton—a mm-hmm. paper skeleton, like a cardboard skeleton—and you had to dress it up. Um, And then we would also go to the um, cemetery and actually go to the gravesites of of our family members. And so we always went to my grandpa's. I wouldn't say it was like a party, but it was definitely, especially on that Sunday, it was very, and that Saturday, uh, the cemetery was packed with people. And you really do, like, you go and clean their gravesite and you Put new flowers and you. I don't know. Some people brought food and like cocoa, pretty much. Like you really do go to the cemetery um, and take stuff. Not necessarily at night, but you do during the day. I mean, if some people really want to go all out, they like bring a mariachi or whatever. Um, and so it definitely got that right that it was. A, it's a cultural thing. It's paying tribute to your ancestors. And the skeletons being dressed up, that's kind of a big thing. The tamale part, they also got it right. Like, it's not just tamales, but like, you make an altar. Uh, It could be in your home or at school, we would make one, and you put uh, pictures of your ancestors or family who have passed away, and you put their favorite things. So, if Miranda's, I don't know, grandma or grandpa, if their favorite thing was tamales, and you put a tamale there. Uh, But of course, you know, they play it up as because it is a TV show. It was at least good to have that basis and that cultural awareness.
0: Yeah, and they they really play up this ghost story part of it, for sure. And, you know, it brings sort of a spooky element to the show. But you're right. I mean, they did get some cultural representation in there, and that's awesome. But the episode revolves around this school Halloween party, the Halloween Fright Night. Kate is in charge, of course. And at the beginning of the episode, when they are having a meeting about it, first of all, Larry Tudgman does these impressions of, like, Star Wars characters, (laughs) um... So he did that. And then Miranda, of course, brings up that she wants to include Day of the Dead. Everybody seemed really on board with that. So that was really cool. Except Kate. Kate was not so much on board for it. And that will lead to other things shortly. Lizzie, she wants to be the vampira, the Vampire Dungeon mistress. And Kate says she can do it but she has to clean out the janitor's closet, which is going to be the dungeon. And so Gordo helps Lizzie clean out the closet, but then Kate, of course, says that she will be the vampire instead, and Lizzie has to be Floppy the Clown and hand out balloons. Matt Meanwhile, his storyline in this episode is that he is going to be going to Lizzie's school dance or school party, which Lizzie is not too excited about. But he is going to be making a costume, me turned inside out, is what he says he's going to be. And he like uses sausages and stuff from the parents' fridge. It's kind of gross, but also kind of amazing. That
1: was a really good costume.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then as they're getting ready, Miranda's parents bring... Day of the Dead decorations and when they leave Kate tells Miranda to put the decorations like over in the corner or something and Miranda had already told the story of like if you disrespect the spirits you know bad things will happen and so they're kind of you know threatening Kate of like don't disrespect my ancestors and all this Um, and Lizzie even says something like she wishes the skeletons would like work on Kate or something because the parents brought like a little skeleton bride and groom and we see the eyes like light up and it's kind of like, oh, what's going on here? Getting a little spooky. And then fast forward to the actual Fright Night. Lizzie is a clown and she's handing out these balloons. And I mean, this is so funny. She's like handing them out. She's like, here's a worm. Here's a snake. Here's a spaghetti. Because she's not really tying them up into anything like she's just handing out these like long balloon up balloons like you know she's not actually making balloon animals and so when matt gets a balloon he says this is a lame balloon animal and lizzie pops the balloon and she's like there now it's extinct and i just <laughs> i loved that
1: in that episode especially between her and matt there were a lot of like good little comebacks like little snarky comments
0: oh yeah the clapbacks the clapbacks on this show yeah Miranda is dressed as the cat in the hat. Gordo's costume, I don't know if I was missing like a pop culture reference, but he basically just looked like a guy who was being blown away and like his hair was pushed over and his, he had a tie on that was like blown to the side. So I don't really know what that was supposed to yeah, be.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you of what that was because I couldn't, I was trying to think of it was like a movie reference or something. I had no idea what that what he was stressed
0: up as. I didn't either. So Matt actually eats the tamale, which was the food offering that we were talking about. And then Miranda, you know, freaks out and she's like, he's offended the spirits and I love Lizzie's little comment she's like way to go beef head because he's covered in you know sausage and all that um, and then Matt's lemonade turns black and Kate starts to notice that weird stuff is happening with them and like the skeleton dolls disappear and then they see these life-sized skeletons appear which is a little creepy the the bride and groom and so this is so good like at this point I'm just like man like I remember this as a kid and it was kind of scary but it wasn't wasn't too scary for kids, but it was just it was good. And in a minute, we're gonna find out what's actually going on. The first time you see it as a kid, you're like, "Oh my goodness, is this really happening?" You know.
1: And they did a pretty good job at like keeping things hidden and going with the storyline to where you don't really know what's going on. Is it actually happening, or is there something going on in the background? So they did a pretty good job with that.
0: And Gordo, he's the realistic one. He's like, "Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine." But then. He winds up getting trapped inside a Burger Buddy toy. And we only hear his voice. And he's like, help me, help me. And uh, Miranda and Kate knock over the toy and they break it. And then zombie Lizzie shows up. And I mean, is there anything more iconic than zombie clown Lizzie?
1: (laughs) She did pretty good, actually. I mean, like, if I was a kid and was watching this, I would be convinced that there was something for real going on, and I would be scared. She did pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's like, Kate, Kate! Like, it's, come on, Hillary. Be a zombie, please. I mean, it was so good, so good. But basically, like, they've got this dark eyeshadow around her eyes, and she's still got on the clown costume. But she's looking crazy! And, yeah, it's, it's iconic, like I was saying. But they chase Kate into the dungeon, and, uh... Miranda and Kate hide in the dungeon from Lizzie, and Miranda tells Kate that she's got to beg for forgiveness because, you know, this is her fault for disrespecting the spirits, and she's got to use graveyard dirt and blood, and they're going to use chocolate cake and punch to represent that. And so the skeletons are in the dungeon, and then they chase them out and back into the uh, like auditorium or gym or wherever. So Kate ends up covering herself in chocolate cake punch for the blood. Miranda's like, you got to do the dance of the dead. So she twirls around on one foot. And Miranda's like, call like a crow. And Kate's like, call, call. And it's, I mean, it's so good. And then Lizzie, zombie Lizzie is like, now say, Lizzie, Lizzie, please forgive me. And at that point, we realized, like, oh, snap, this was a prank. And they got Kate good. I mean, they really did.
1: She kind of deserved it. But she was because she was being very offensive. Yeah. Miranda's like, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. And they were the ones who were in the life-size skeleton costumes. And they're like, yep, sure. Anytime.
0: Her dad is like, I told you, Day of the Dead is my favorite holiday. I mean, it was a little mean, but I think for like the Halloween episode, it was, you know, it was fine. Like they're not mean spirited characters, but to pull a prank over on Kate, especially for the Halloween episode, I loved it. So that's what went down at the school and at the Fright Night. Meanwhile, in this episode, there's a little B storyline with the parents back at home. Sam and Joe, Lizzie and Matt's parents, they are handing out trick-or-treat, you know, they're doing trick-or-treating and they run out of candy, but they're also like, you know, we're gonna pull the pumpkin in, we're we're done trick-or-treating for the night. Um, But they have one more trick-or-treater show up, and it's the knife guy. And it's like this guy with like a knife through his head, and they don't have any more candy. So they give him chicken pot pie, which is so funny to me. And the guy's like, but I'm a vegetarian! And then like Sam and Joe are trying to have like their little movie night on the couch, and the guy keeps coming back, and he throws the chicken pot pie back at Sam. And Joe's like, that was good chicken pot pie! So funny, so funny. But the best part is at the end when Sam and Joe decide to get back at this at this guy. And so the doorbell rings. And you know, we hear we hear it earlier in the episode that Miranda is going to be spending the night at Lizzie's house. So it's actually Miranda's parents at the door with like her sleeping bag. And so Sam and Joe, like they have a water hose. And they have uh, oatmeal, I think. And they like spray Miranda's parents and throw the oatmeal on them. And they're like, oh, no, we thought you were a trick or treater. And Miranda's mom goes, I see. We give them candy at our house. (laughs) I mean, I loved this little storyline for the parents.
1: The poor parents are just trying to have like a night of just adults and being together. And obviously it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, love it. Well, that was, like, the iconic Halloween episode of the show, and we have one more episode to talk about here, episode 25 of season one, and it's called Facts of Life, and basically the episode revolves around them being a part of, like, a scholastic decathlon, although it's called the Factathlon. Um, what'd you think of this one?
1: This one did not catch my eye.
0: Yeah. Or my attention. Right. Yeah, this would probably be, like, my least favorite of the five that we're, we're talking about today, but... To touch on how the show does this whole cutaway sequence where they do a dramatization of something, you know, in a really funny, kind of silly way, there's a moment where they're talking about if they win the factathlon, they're going to get to go to Miami, because that's what happens for the winners. They get a trip to Miami. And Miranda's like, Madonna likes Miami. And so we see this (laughs) shot where they're on a little set and it's looking like a beach, and this woman dressed up as madonna is with lizzie gordo and miranda and oh my goodness i mean that woman did not look like madonna so that was that was weird
1: not at all and again a reference that shows you when this tv show was popular like when they pull in celebrity names or stuff or like the backstreet boys madonna um yeah it's pretty cute
0: yeah yeah so Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda, they agree to do this factathlon, and they agree to be completely focused. And when they do that, I'm like, oh, no, like, that's not going to happen, of course. Um, but I love the moment where they are studying for a minute, and Miranda says that she's like running out of memory hooks, because CC like... You know the memory hooks like got me through some of our biology tests in college hands down.
1: Them trying to study was us in college. Yeah. <laughs> trying much. to study for biology. I mean that was that was what we did most of the time.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So basically like a memory hook is where you like in this episode like Miranda was trying to remember someone's name from like a history story and she used a present day pop culture figure or something to to remember it. So that's kind of kind of what it is so and we definitely did that like I remember we would use Disney characters for our biology exams and stuff CC,
1: and that's why I still remember some of the content
0: (laughs) I don't think I do actually but it's okay (laughs) it's okay I wrote down this one line because I thought it was so funny and this just shows how smart the writing of the show was and Miranda's like or I think Lizzie said this Lizzie was like if our forefathers knew how boring history was gonna be I bet they wouldn't have gone around making so much of it (laughs) so funny
1: again that like centric point of view <laughs> yes
0: so the kids have to get a faculty sponsor and their sponsor winds up being mr dig of course and then the whole idea here is that, like, instead of teaching them to just memorize facts, which is really what they need to do for this type of competition, and you know, remember, like, dates and numbers and that sort of thing, he's trying to really, like, ingrain in them, like, what these, like, history lessons and English lessons and math lessons, how they, you know, changed history and how they are relevant in the world and that sort of thing. So he's like teaching them the right way, but just not for this particular competition.
1: It was a good way of looking at it um, and can be a good life lesson. Definitely not with this.
0: Animated Lizzie has a really funny part where she's like, I cannot possibly study four extra hours a day and still have time for the important stuff. And it's showing her like watching TV and painting her nails. And it's like, that is so like middle school, like <laughs> when like the most important thing is what you're going to be watching on TV and that sort of thing. So laughed at that.
1: Yeah. And also the part where Miranda's like, they're trying to set a schedule and she's like, if I have to study this much, I have to cut off time talking to my parents.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did that too. So really funny, really funny. Going to cut in here and talk about Matt's storyline really quick. So Matt and Lanny are making a band and they hold band auditions. All right, I had to look this up because the drummer who winds up being their drummer, it's like an older man and he's actually in real life like a famous drummer. And his name is Rick Murado. I didn't know this guy, which is kind of funny because there's this part where Matt, like the drummer, Rick, hands Matt his resume and Matt's like, you played with Linda Ronstadt, James Taylor, John Lennon? And then he's like, never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt when I was like looking up Rick Murado, because I didn't know who he was, but he has actually played with those people. Um, oh, wow. so, Yeah. So it was like a little guest star oh, appearance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for sure as a kid, I would not have known that, but I'm sure there was some adult somewhere back in the early 2000s, who's like, oh, yes, I know who that is, maybe. Um, But it starts out that they're not very good, and the parents are kind of like, okay, maybe you shouldn't do this, but Matt's super determined. And in the end, they actually, like, practice, and they get okay, and they do a concert in the backyard, and Matt sings a little song. And, I mean, it wasn't that great, but, like, they sounded better than when they first started out. And then the parents are like, oh, my goodness, that was amazing. You should be, you know, a musician. And then at that point, Matt and Lainey are like, nope, we're done. We did it. It's cool. Uh, We're going to be skiers now or something. So anyway, back over to Lizzie's story with the factathlon. So they are actually competing against Kate, Claire, and Larry, who are on a team. Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda don't get a single question, basically the other team, you know, they just kill them, dominate. Let's talk a little bit more about Mr. Digg's studying tactics because he has them dressing up in old English clothes to like study English history and they're playing blackjack to study, you know, math and they're doing like chemistry experiments and dropping objects to learn physics. So again, like Mr. Digg was like actually trying to use real-world scenarios to teach them school subjects, but it just it didn't work out for the the competition which by the way their uh their moderator was Mr. Escobar shout out to him
1: the different ways of learning even though it didn't work out i like that they that they showed that because it's true to a point i mean it didn't work out but it is true to a point
0: right because i mean when you're when you're in school i think your parents tell you a lot or like your teachers will be like you can't just memorize this you have to learn it or whatever and i think to an extent that is true it just, it didn't work out for this occasion, and they lost really bad, and then Mr. Diggs says that he's quitting as a substitute teacher, but, you know, Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo convinced them that he, he was a good teacher and that he should continue, and as it turns out, the trip to Miami was actually really bad for Kate, Claire, and Larry, and, like, Larry had a sunburn, and Claire was on crutches, and I think Kate stepped on a sea urchin or something, so probably my least favorite of the five that we have discussed but so yeah any thoughts on like these episodes as a whole of course you talked a little bit about what the series meant to you as a kid but yeah any other thoughts on these these episodes
1: you know I I think just like what it had been so long since I, I'm not gonna lie my little sister is watching them all the time and so sometimes she'll send them to me and be like oh I remember that but it had been so long since I Watch some of these that now watching them as an adult is just a completely different experience and it was very I mean when I was watching these it was a very much a self care moment <laughs> because it just it's like very old school Disney that makes you like feel all fuzzy Um mm-hmm. I feel like me as an adult and who liked them when I was younger I mean I still enjoyed them and I feel like I could show this like some of these episodes to my little cousins now and they would enjoy them and think they're funny um yeah and I think it really shows that why this is a different kind of show because it's obviously a show of just kind of coming to age and learning life lessons that's what things like that's a raven like seeing into the future and all that but with this one um it's literally figuring it out as a like young kid middle schooler trying to just learn the lessons of life
0: well, are you ready to move on to Quizzy McGuire, our trivia
1: segment? Yes, I'm scared.
0: Okay. It's actually a music trivia question, and it is about Hillary and her sister Haley. So they covered two songs from the 80s back in the day. Do you remember what those two songs were?
1: I definitely remember Our Lips Are Sealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not remember the other one.
0: So a hint for that one. This one was not probably as memorable. Oh,
1: wait, Material Girls?
0: Yes, uh, you got it.
1: Ding, ding, ding. Yeah.
0: I'm so proud. Yay. Yeah. Well, Cece, this has been really fun, and I'm so glad I had you on, and I love that you like went back and watched the episodes and did your homework. I really appreciate that. And this has been a fun little conversation. Thanks for being on Duff Enough.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. And hopefully next time we'll get to talk about the new episodes.
0: Yes, cannot wait, cannot wait. All right, well, Cece, thank you.
1: All right, thank you.
0: And before I wrap things up today, I want to share another edition of From Team Duff with Love, the fan's love letters to our girl, H.D.
2: Quiero decirle gracias a Hilary Dove por su increíble carrera como actriz y también como cantante, porque me ha ayudado mucho desde que era un niño. La he seguido desde sus inicios hasta sus proyectos actuales. Creo que, aparte de eso, es una increíble persona, una gran madre y un ejemplo a seguir increíble para todos. Y es genial y emocionante poder esperar ahora una versión actualizada de Lizzie McGuire en Disney Plus. Estamos todos muy felices y quiero también agradecer y felicitar al podcast de Duff Know. Porque esta oportunidad de poder expresarnos todos los fanáticos de Hillary Dove alrededor del mundo es increíble. De parte de América Latina también apoyamos a Hillary Dove y estamos muy emocionados por el regreso de Lizzie Maguire. Saludos a todos.
0: And that's all for this episode of Duff Enough. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll subscribe and stick around for more because this podcast is what dreams are made of. You can follow along on social media at Duff Enough Pod and check the description for my socials as well as show guests. And until next time, bye team Duff.